You're listening to DraftKings Network. I don't know. You're asking me tough questions. I wasn't ready for that. It's an arbitrary number. Just play 69 games. There it there is. There you go. There it is. That's what we need. There it is. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Too Many Men podcast. I'm Allison Lucan, and we're back again with Shayna Goldman. Shayna, say hi. Hi. Shayna, say Chris Kreider sucks. No. (laughs) (laughs) And, of course, our wonderful third party, Sarah Sivian. Sarah. Hey, how are we doing, everybody? We're here. We're not sick. (laughs) We are here. We are not sick, and that is great. And... Yes, um, coronavirus is really taking its hold on the United States right now. And Jesus, that it's serious and crazy. Um, it's just obviously with the NHL locker rooms, that's been a whole thing. But of course, we should do everything to make sure everybody is as safe as possible. I mean, I think I am in the cancel everything group <laughs> myself, but I don't, it's just. It's tough right now, but we all got to come together. So definitely feel like we should cancel everything. But except too anyway. many men. Yes, except, <laughs> except too, too many, many men. men. We can we are quarant- self-quarantined in our own little spots in um, various parts of the country right now. So I think we're safe and washing our hands. So that's all we'll say about that. Just because I think we could all use a little, a little breather because it's everywhere and it's very stressful and it should be. But it's like... It can be very hard for people with anxiety, so yes. like myself. So anyways, moving on to the week ahead. What do we have on tap here? Well, we have, breaking with the name of the show, we have a special guest with us today. And it is the first man to appear on Too Many Men. Dom Lucician from The Athletic is here. Dom, say hello to our listeners. Uh, hey, everyone. I am very excited to be the first guest and i'm not sure why the first guest wasn't a woman but i will take wow, it wow way to Tom, pull us out is our podcast progressing to men too quickly slay <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing um yes we're breaking with tradition but we will we will tell you in a few minutes how dom weaseled his way on here um it's a grand Weasel. manipulation Um, But to equal out the fact that Dom's here, we wanted to talk first about this week in women's sports. So Dom's going to have to talk about women's hockey for a while. Um, Starting off with the week, um, there was some pretty cool stuff that happened both on NBC Sports Network and the NHL Network and Sportsnet, where each network had all-female broadcasts um, for games and still working on bringing in women of color in addition to women and personally i'd love for this not to have to be a thing because it's just happening because these are very very talented and qualified women but what say you all what did we think of the all-female broadcast this past weekend they were great like all all three of them nbc you know they did it really well and um you have commentators on that you get to hear all the time. You know, Catherine Tappan's great, Jennifer Botterill, AJ Mosco is a badass. So oh, that I was love great. AJ. Love so it. Good. Sportsnet did super well too. And um, the NHL Network broadcast was great yesterday too. You know, like right off the bat, they were having Jackie Redmond break down, you know, penalty killing tape. And it, it was great. It's something that like you see them all in these roles. They can do this 
all the time and it's not just giving them their day because they're a woman, you know, they could be doing this all the time. They're super qualified, super talented. So it was great to see them all together doing it. Yeah. I'd love to see kind of who was behind the scenes. Like maybe it was some women producers, women, um, camera people. I would love to have seen that maybe, but, um, I guess there's always time for that. I loved our own, our very, very own Jim Rutherford's I, oh my god! Yes. I always call him that, Jeremy Rutherford. <laughs> He's not ours. <laughs> Jeremy Rutherford's um, story about where he was with um, a college-aged woman who wanted to be um, in this industry and kind of just was watching the day with her. I thought that was fantastic. Um, I just obviously you would like to it to be the norm, and it is on Long Island, which is always fantastic to go and see that. But um, it's definitely better than nothing, you know, and they crushed it. They're so good, so good. And I, it was cool because AJ was in Columbus for the Tampa Bay game last month, and she had kind of given me a heads up this was happening. And it was, like, just for her, too. Like, she's like, yeah, we're doing this, and we've been thinking about this. But it, it wasn't a big deal because she was like, yeah, we've earned this, right? Like, yeah. it wasn't. Hell yeah. Which girl. I thought, she's amazing, by the way. Like, I totally talked her ear off for way too long, but she's just awesome. Dom, did you get to take in any of the, the women's coverage? So I'm just going to reinforce the stereotype that uh, all men are awful. Um, <laughs> I unfortunately did not get to watch anything. I have some sort of reasonable excuse. Uh, I On Saturday, I bought a new uh, TV stand, and I had to <laughs> unplug. Hold on. Hold, I'm getting Dom, there, okay? you're just not I, helping. Hold on. The okay? TV stand. I had to unplug everything. Okay. okay. And when I plugged it back in, first of all, the stand took like seven hours to make. Did I'm you not read sure. directions? I, I did read the directions and they didn't make sense. I had, my friend was over. He's an engineer. It took him like an hour to figure out the magnets. I don't know. But <laughs> we plugged everything back in and the Wi-Fi wasn't working and the cable I have is connected to the Wi-Fi. It was all like a mess and I just didn't have like TV until yesterday, like half an hour before uh, the Bachelor star and my girlfriend wanted to watch it. Well, I'm not going to lie. I watch it too. And we're going to talk about that later. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, half an hour before I turned the TV, I'm like, oh, the cable is not working. Probably due to the Saturday mishaps. And we had to call and uh, fix that. And it literally got fixed at uh, 8.01 p.m. Eastern time. Yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah. 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 You're like semi-excused. I, I shouldn't be excused at all. I just want to reiterate that. I should not be excused in any way. I heard it was great, and I did want to see it. It's just that I am a man, and I am dumb. <laughs> all right, then. Moving on. Um, more good, awesome women in hockey news. Um, and Shana, you, you're probably best primed to talk about this because um, for those of you who don't know, Shana also writes at the Coaches site, which is a really cool site with coaching insights and they even go into drills and stuff like that. And Shana just had a piece go up there about coaching in the NWHL, um, which is super awesome and, and interesting even if you don't follow that league specifically. But Shana, the Isabel Cup final um, is, is coming up this Friday. So tell us what's going on in the, in the Women's Professional League right now. So there was a playing game last Friday, and that was between the Whale and the Buttes. And the Whale, you know, exceeded everyone's expectations and won. They lost to the Boston Pride, which is kind of to be expected because they're, like, the best team. And then uh, the Whitecaps and Riveters played, and that was a really close game with some great goaltending. And so the final is going to be the Whitecaps against the Pride, and it's Friday. And uh, 
like you mentioned the story, something that's interesting with uh, the NWHL is they only have 16 skaters on the bench. So it's super interesting to see how every coach handles it, whether they go with seven defensemen and three, um, I'm sorry, nine forwards for three lines, or if they go with, you know, an extra forward and stick to six defenders, or if they have a rover that goes back and forth that they can trust. So it's super interesting to see how they manage it because it's definitely has their challenges and it's not, you know, across all women's hockey. It's just right now the NWHL. So um, definitely cool to talk to them and find out about that. And you can see that all in Action Friday on Twitch. Awesome. This is- Yay. Sarah, did you, were you able to take it in? I know you've been like crazy covering the, the hurricanes and traveling like all over everywhere. <laughs> yeah, no, haven't had much time for anything. There's been <laughs> two back-to-back matinees, then there's been two more games, and I'm just like running around with my head cut off, just six feet away from the players at all times, of course, but just very um, busy, and we're going to be busy till the end of this month like crazy which that's not i liked pierre's article about kind of having more games in october so this wouldn't happen to virtually every single team right before they get into the playoffs it's just kind of a a mess but i don't know i hope for a better future of the nhl (laughs) so no i have not caught up with that but i can't wait to get into it eventually and what sarah one thing you do know about though is women's hockey because there's women's hockey at penn state and yes, at the is. college level, I should say more specifically, and Ohio State, I have to say, yay, Ohio State. Congratulations. They, yeah, congrats. <laughs> they won their first conference title in school history this past weekend, which yeah. is insane, with two overtime winners by the same player in both of the games in the final four. Who was it? Uh, Tatum Skaggs, who's just awesome. a badass. Um, and they're just, they're such a special team and they have such a special coach and they're, they're headed back to the NCAAs this weekend. Um, so that's going to be so super cool to see those women just hopefully keep it going. It's just fantastic what they've been able to do. I'm just so excited. Good for them. College hockey is badass in general, but women's is sick. That's where a lot of the best players play. Exactly. Exactly. Incredible. I would recommend. Dom, should I even ask if you took in any of this women's hockey this past weekend? I I honestly don't watch any hockey that isn't NHL. Watch the game, nerd. Yeah, jeez. I don't watch... We just uh... wait. We need to cut him off at, I just don't watch any hockey. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. Please don't edit me. Please don't do a bastard producer edit on me. I don't know. We'll see. You're making me work to get my data now off the website instead of just sending me those pretty files. So I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so many times I'm like, Dom, can you just send me a chart? And he's like, of what? I'm like, I just feel like this article. Yeah, clarify. <laughs> Tell me what you want. Like literally like every other person is like, yeah, I want a chart. This is what I want. Um, here's the data. Sarah, can I have a chart, please? One chart. <laughs> Oh my God, that's amazing. That's amazing. Um, Are you going to miss us if we don't bother you? I'd be like, Dom, can we get your updated data? Like you're no. going to get a lot less dog, a lot fewer dog pictures, you know? I follow you on Instagram. There, there are dog photos there. Although I do Not I that. do have, can we, we can't download it from, well, this, I'll message you about this. I have, I have questions. Um, <laughs> more women's hockey news. The, the, the sadder story um, from this week, and obviously we're starting to see this ripple through with a lot of hockey events, um, but the women's worlds um, that were to be in Halifax were canceled. So um, that's obviously a disappointment. And I think we all know from being around athletes and, and Sarah herself being an athlete that 
this is just such, I mean, it's the right thing to do for health reasons, but it's such a blow to these women who have been preparing and training for this event for, for literally almost their whole lives and specifically this year leading up. So any thoughts on that, you guys, when, when that news came down? It sucks. It, it, like, I get it. It just sucks. It's such a big year for women's hockey and, you know, everything that that's been going on nationally too, you can look at it from the women boycotting in the U S to winning gold at the Olympics and building, you know, last year was one of the craziest and most controversial finishes in the women's world championship. So I really wanted to see where it went this year, especially when you have the dream gap tour going and you have the NWHL going to see how it all comes together at the national level. And, you know, they had so much momentum from the all-star game and all of that going on too. So it's definitely crushing for them. You know, this was what they were playing towards and, you know, this could be such like a momentous moment for them to really get everybody's attention in one place for one tournament. So I definitely feel for them. That's the exact, that's pretty much the only opinion that is mm-hmm. that you can have, right? Like it's totally necessary, but at the same time, it's just such a shame with the way that it's all going and, um, the momentum that women's hockey has started to have and we just can't let them let it up right like right. it has to just keep going when this unfortunate thing subsides in our country that and Canada that we need to get the train rolling and get people excited about it again um, I was talking to Jake Gardner actually today about playing in an empty arena and he said I don't think anyone would love it but if it comes to that I think the safety of the people of this country is more important and that's just the bottom line about everything, right? Right, right, totally, mm-hmm. totally. I think, you know, and I think what makes me so frustrated and, like, I honestly got, like, angry when I watched the last women's Buckeyes game that was at home a couple weeks ago because it's probably the last time I'll see this specific team in person, barring some minor miracle GoFundMe to send me to NCAAs, anyone, anyone out there. Um, I got you. <laughs> yeah. But, like, these women are so talented, and, like, that was the last time that some of those players will get to be seen playing in in a truly competitive environment. It's just such bullshit. Like it just it just really it made is. me mad to know that there's such talent. Like I think of Jinsey Dunn, who's just elite, and like oh, yeah. this is it. Like this is it, and that's just so for for this kind of event too. Like when it's when these are the milestones, sometimes the last for some players, and then they don't get the opportunity. It sucks even more, you know. So. Anyway, um, that's the women's side of the game. Now we'll move to the lesser side of the game, the men's side. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) Sarah was talking about how crazy her schedule has been. Um, We all know what a mad dash um, these last, whatever we are now in, like anywhere from 12 to 15 games, depending on the team, um, are going to be. But like with all this craziness, and then we go into the crazy playoff setup, where like right now there are probably teams in the East who are going to be quote unquote better by points than teams in the West who aren't going to get in. Should, should we rethink how these playoffs work? And Dom, I'll let you talk. <laughs> um, I, I think so. I've been saying that for like so long because you see how weak some divisions are compared to others. The Metro has been a gauntlet all year. Oh my God. Um, you see in prior years sometimes the two top five teams face each other in the first round it just it makes no sense at all like none i don't i don't understand why they went to this format they really do need to change it sarah what do you think you're in the midst of it my friend 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's easy for me to say that when I'm in the midst of it and I'm covering the teams and then people out West are like, hey, we'll get our, that happened to us a few years ago. And it's like, yeah. And that's exactly why it's bad because it's just, it's a cycle of if it's going to happen in the West or if it's going to happen in the East right. every few years. And it's like, there's a better way. It could just not happen at all. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not really even, I know that how does this affect the Leafs? And like, I've said that before, but I don't even think it's about that. Like it, maybe that's a time when we can use our how does this affect the leaf syndrome for good like yeah this is negatively affecting the leaves and it negatively affects many teams um i think a different format would be great but do i think the nhl is actually going to do that no way right right i mean do you do you go straight top 16 or i mean shana what do you think um i understand rewarding who wins the division yeah yeah for sure you know you know, I, I just think when you go one, two, three from each division, I feel like that's a lot because that third seed, there could be such a difference. And then keeping them in their positions, maybe if they did it, that it's three, three in the wild cards and reseeded it. But I feel like um, for me, like even if they went, we want to ensure two are there from each division. And it's like first place goes to the best in the conference. Second place is the next is the best in the other division. And then even if they wanted to go second place, second place, to have them right there to make sure that they earned it and it's worth something. And then the bottom four are essentially wild card seeds, but they're seeded based on, you know, their actual value. That's something. Or rewarding the two that win their divisions, first and second place. And the rest, you know, you just go with the standings. And then your playoffs are simple. It's one versus eight. It's two versus seven. And you go that way through. And it'll help with the, you know, I don't want to say like imbalance, but the the matchups that you're having in the first round that you should want in round three, you know, you're thinking Boston, Tampa, that could be round two. You want that to be your conference final. You want that to be like the series and it's happening round one or round two because the way it's done and they're focusing so much on divisional matchups now and they should be hoping for that at the end because that's what's going to grab everyone's attention. Do you want play in games? Should they open up the, the field a little bit like like There's- something like what's happening on the east this year? No, there's too many games there. If you you (laughs) shorten the season, but like to make them play more and beat themselves up even more to then go play, you know, upwards of 16 games to win it all. Like, exactly. Shorten the season to 70 games. Sorry. No, no, go. Uh, It just introduces more randomness to it because it's just like one game. And if you're good enough, you'll probably be one of the top eight. I don't think we should give participation trophies to the ninth and 10th seed. Okay, boomer. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're right. You're, you have a point. Oh, Columbus just is, is, is hearing all of your feedback and, and cringing side eye at you all. <laughs> well, they'd be, if you went to, you know, division, they each get in the d- division winners. Columbus would still make it, I think, as the eighth seed, right? But Toronto is the team that would see the biggest fall. They'd go down to, right. like, seventh place, I think. Dom, how much, like, in all seriousness, does how much does the seeding stuff affect, like, the daily predictions you put out? I like, the say advantage? Affect the Leafs. Okay, well, I thought you were going to go, how does it affect the Leafs? I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. Okay, sorry, Dom, go. Uh, last, last year I did okay. a, how does this uh, affect the Leafs? Because they were on track to play Boston. Right. And I think I had Vegas as one of the highest higher odds and that's just because the pacific was comparatively not as strong and i i think in like 31 stats at the time i did what would it look like if vegas and toronto flipped and i think their chances of winning cup went up like three percent or something wow so it is a big deal and 
you have uh, in the Atlantic, you have Boston and Tampa at the top, and essentially you have St. Louis and Colorado at the top, just not really fair to those teams either to have to face someone who's actually good in their first division matchup. Interesting. Interesting. Sarah, what change, any other changes you want to see made? I, I don't know when this like idea crept into my head, but I have been, I think I even said it on the last podcast. This is my crusade. I'm like, I want there to be 71 games. I just think there, that would really fix a lot of things. And I know you want your fans to get the best experience as possible. You want to have them be able to go to the most games as possible, but these star players are getting killed out there. And it's like a lot of that's because I think there's been, there's a playoff push at the end. You're working so hard. And then you have like four games a week, two back to back. Uh, Jacob Slavin's average. I don't even want to know how much time on ice he's averaging right now with Dougie and Pesci out. Um, It's insane. And I think, you get a better product at the end if it's just kind of like maybe the games are spread out more and then you can go full force into the playoffs Mm because that's a bloodbath as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But but why 71? I don't know, just a number. (laughs) It's what she picked, Dom. She's allowed to pick it. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll let her speak her truth. (laughs) There's no reason. what You think I pay attention to numbers? I just think less fewer games, okay? You can come up with the amount. Why why 70 or 72? Why 71? It just seems odd. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for that feedback. (laughs) So, (laughs) who invited him? (laughs) I don't know. You're asking me tough questions. I wasn't ready for that. (laughs) An arbitrary number. Just play 69 games. There it is. There you go. There it is. That's what we need. There it is. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Well, Dob, you're you're adding such value here. I guess we should get to to why you're here. Game score. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going to let Shayna and Dom explain how Dom came to be on this show and the source of of my pain. She (laughs) asked me. I nearly suggested what we could talk about. Yeah. Yeah, because Dom, so Dom does not host podcasts. He's made this abundantly clear. He does not care for podcasts, but he'll go and guess on them. And he suggested. Wow, well, <laughs> oh, my God. I'm being so mean to you. I love Dom. Yeah, we really <laughs> are. I love Dom. Oh, my heart. So we decided to do a Bachelor cast. And when Dom suggested this to me, I was all for it because I've been trying to get Allison to watch The Bachelor, which she refuses to do. And so... Allison not only watched the two-night finale, because it had to be four fucking hours of bullshit, <laughs> she watched the Women Tell All too, which was like a good recap of the drama. Oh so, my God. for everyone who does not watch the show, start watching, no. even though this season sucked. But, quick recap. Uh, it was, did it suck? I feel like it was terrible, but in a good way. Well, yeah. No, there have been worse seasons. Oh, yeah. Like, there have definitely been worse. But, like, so, it's Pilot Pete. He had sex in the windmill, like four times everyone knows who he is yeah they focus big sex guy (laughs) parents love him having sex but we'll get there um and there was a lot of drama this year about a lot of things so it kind of felt like you didn't know shit about the women until the end and then all of a sudden it was like a lot coming in hot but so he had a final three and one of the girls uh tells him not to have sex with the others because in the when you're up to final three you go on fantasy suites and everyone knows that's where you go to bang and uh he was like, don't. Did not explain why. And then he Selfish. goes, yep, goes, fornicates with two other women, comes back to her. And she's like, well, I'm saving myself for marriage. And he h- hated himself for it. 
And then he went down to two. And then one left him, the one that he was clearly in love with that his parents hated. Oh, my and, God. Uh, and then, uh, you know, he got engaged. And then he was unengaged like a month later because he was in love with someone else. And then now he's with the other girl, Madison, and his family hates him for it. Well, his mother. Let's be yeah. clear. We're not sure well, yeah. that the entire family, right? Well, she right. said the entire family. And his friends. She and noted his friends. His friends. So, well, but like that, like, first of all, that woman is totally the kind of woman that goes, everybody thinks, like, mm-hmm. we're not necessarily sure about. And like, and, here's, uh, go ahead, finish, Shana. I have so oh, many no, sorry. Thoughts. His mom, <laughs> last year, when on the women tell all, uh, men tell all, sorry, right after Peter, Peter got dumped by Hannah, like, you already knew from the show that they had sex in a windmill, she said it. But so, like, she clarified and was like, no, we did it four times. And his mom was rooting so hard for him. Like, oh, my God, yes, my son did it in a windmill four times. So it's, like, super not surprising that, like, she was like this. But she was uh, she was uh, not a fan of Madison who was saving herself and was way more of a fan of Hannah who she knew he fucked. So, okay, but like here, you said. Here's the thing. This is what has me, has me so angry, first of all. Maddie was completely clear about how she felt the entire time. Yep. And this is not a find a woman to service your son show. This is that is not what the show is. <laughs> this show is I about mean. this show is about supposedly finding love. And let's also talk about the fact because I took notes that Hannah Ann made comments like I came here to win. No, no, no. This is not a game show. Yeah. In mm-hmm. theory, this is about finding a partner. And so Maddie is allowed to say if she has concerns and mom Barb liked Hannah Ann simply because she kissed her ass for the entire time yep. they met and like and had sex with her son. Yes. Don't forget that detail. She's she's really worried about how much sex her son has for some reason. It, it, like it, it, like the Can thing you go is clubbing? just because someone doesn't <laughs> kiss your ass and has her own wants and desires for a relationship does not make her a bad person. And like Barb needs to freaking go away and even if she thinks she is right about what her son should do, she needs to be a freaking grown up about it. Rolling your eyes and pouting like a 4-year-old in a live studio audience is ridiculous and I'm completely over Barb. Yep. And like you were mentioning, like she knew what she wanted and like let's let's be real here. You're dating a guy who's dating two other girls. Right. And you know he's going to fantasy suites and you know what is going to happen because everyone knows what already happened with Peter in a fantasy suite. So, yeah, you like, know his, his reputation, so I don't understand. Yeah. So she's saying... His reputation. I, he's on a show with five million guys. <laughs> he's the sex reputation guy. Reputation of having sex in a windmill. Four it's like, times. It's a thing. Yeah, so... If you're sitting there going, I know my boyfriend's dating two other girls, it fucking sucks. I don't want him banging two girls and then five days later going, get married to me. No, that's reasonable. Then why are you on the show, though? Like, yeah. Do you know it's going to happen? I don't know. Yes, I felt like not she should have said why. She should have said why yes. before this ha- This was manipulative. Like, yeah. if he had known and there was clear communication. But she's also so young. It's like, these people are so young, they shouldn't be getting engaged. But that's just another, totally. that's just my opinion. Well, and yep. let's talk about Hannah Ann, too. Also, P.S., by the way, where she's with him the night before he proposes. And she's like, I'm, I'm so unclear. And then he proposes. And she, he's like, well, Maddie left two days ago. And 
now I know you're the one. It's like, no, no, that math doesn't line up, sister friend. He said he was yeah. undecided one day ago, and Maddie left two days ago. So, like, let, let's be critical thinkers here, please. Like, I, I'm sorry. It's just, I, I, Shane, I'm so mad at you. Dom, I'm so mad at you. We don't no, need but... a chart for that one, Dom, do we? Like, that's pretty simple math. <laughs> I could do it. But to your point about the being the fallback, there have been other seasons where it's happened where someone sent themselves home. And I remember Desiree's season, it was Brooks, he sent himself home and she was distraught and she picked Chris. And I was literally watching going, I feel so fucking bad for this guy that he's getting picked as a backup. It turns out they're married with kids and it really wasn't the case and it was creative editing. With Rachel and Peter, I picked Peter from day one as the guy she was going to pick. When they broke up, she literally cried her eyelashes off, her fake eyelashes were on the floor. <laughs> and I was, yeah, I was like, this is, this is not going to work. You should not pick the other guy like you you seem like you wanted him, but she was so set on an engagement. They're married. What do I know? And they've had it where the guy has switched girls. It happened with Ari. It happened with Jason Mesnick, which I, I love Jason Mesnick, so I don't give a shit. But, um, you know, it happened with Ari. So, like, this one, though, it was a clear, you're my second place. Like, there was no ifs, ands, or buts. And she, she had to have known, you know. She felt that way a night before. She was contemplating not going because, you know, got to up the drama. And then she said yes, and then she had doubts about it after and was like, you were dishonest with me and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you're right, but you also have a brain. Please, somewhere in there, you have to have a brain and know, like, it's it's not going to work. And you were unsure of it five seconds ago, and you were surprised he even picked you. So don't be like, yes, we're going to be perfect now. Dom, your thoughts? <laughs> I mean, I, I feel for Hannah Ann because she, she said she didn't know what she was saying yes to. She didn't really, like, process it in the moment. And I think she was hoping so bad it would be her mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. when she came into it thinking it wasn't her and then sort of it flip-flopped and it happened to be her, she was just so excited about it that I don't think all the logic like went out the window which is what happens with love and fake televised love yes it doesn't make sense and then i i really loved how she put peter in his place Mm -hmm. both when um they broke up and on the hot seat as well agreed yeah what did she hold on what did she say i wrote it down because of course i did hold on uh if you want to be with a woman you need to become a real man Mm-hmm. Hello. Oh, good line. Good line. Seriously. Oh, she gave him a talk true. to the hand yeah. in the car. She gave him a talk to the hand. He came in to be like, bye. She was like, nope. Yep. Yep. But the it like, for as, as upset as she seemed when he broke up with her, and like, I'm not trying to be like rude here and be like, oh, she needs to be more emotional. I was surprised at like how calm she was because the last time on the show this happened, it was with Becca and Ari, and Becca was angry, and then she was like distraught. But maybe it's because she saw this coming more than Becca saw it with Ari, that she was, like, much calmer with it. But she handled herself well with it after the final rose, for sure. They bo- Both women did. Madison handled herself really well as his mom is sitting there going, we didn't want him to pick you. You're going to fail, and it's not going to work. And I would have, like, I would have been like, uh, thanks. Like, he literally said it. He's like, I'm in love. Can't you just be happy for me? And she was like, no, because I hate her because she made us wait three hours while <laughs> we were in Australia because she did the right thing of being like, I don't know if I should meet your family if I don't know if I want to be with you. Like, God forbid. Yes, Dom, you have Barb thoughts, I've heard. Uh, yeah, Barb uh, fucking sucks ass. 
<laughs> like she is one of the I don't watch reality TV. Like I only started watching The Bachelor because this is the story of how I started watching The Bachelor. Uh, my best friend, uh, she was friends with my girlfriend. Like wasn't dating her at the time, and the season premiere, I, I think Becca's season, happened the same day as the Caps Golden Knights Stanley Cup final, the game one, and my best friend is like a Caps fan, Leafs fan mix, and so she was very conflicted about watching both, so I had a two TV setup because I was watching playoff games, and I offered to have one TV for The Bachelor and then one TV for the playoffs. <laughs> yes. And that turned into, okay, Bachelor Nights at Dom's now. And I sort of just got hooked because it was so ridiculous. And my girlfriend, I wasn't dating her at the time, but like one of the reasons I started liking her was because she... Like The Bachelor. No, like the way she treats it is like, it, like it's sports. Like the passion was unreal. Like everything was like life or death. It like... It was fascinating because to me it's like so stupid. But like, it I'm is. sure if she's watching like me watch sports, I'm acting the same way. And she's like, "This is fucking stupid. They're shooting a rubber disc into a net. Who cares?" Like, so I just I appreciate that, and I just I've watched like every season <laughs> since. And Barb has been the worst person that I've ever witnessed on this show of terrible people. <laughs> yeah, of the families, she's like. The only other family I can remember being, like, that god-awful. And, like, there have been a lot that you're like, they suck. Like, Luke P's family was a lot last year. But mm. Desiree's brothers, when she was on Sean Lowe's season and she became The Bachelorette, her brothers were horrible. And I felt bad for her because she was sent home right after that. And I'm like, it's definitely because your family was so bad. Like, obviously, there's creative editing in there. And you kind of can get the vibe, like, maybe it'll go horribly and then they'll go further. And they just need to, like, add some, like, ripples and drama into it. But, like, it legitimately seemed like her family, it, like, went that badly. So, like, I did feel bad for her. But Barb, that was, like, that was, like, another level bad. <laughs> Sarah, any closing thoughts on the fine art that is The Bachelor? <laughs> um, I think this season was weird because, I don't, I mean, I dabble in it. Like, my roommate, Abby Labar, hosts our friends every week. But, obviously, sometimes I'm on the road. Sometimes I'm, like, doing stuff. So, it's during the season and it's tough. But... I think this season was so, like, a culmination of, like, Instagram people that just want to, like, be famous on Instagram. And it was, they need to bump up the age bracket a little higher if people are actually trying to find true love. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. And we'll get that this season with The Bachelorette, thankfully. Yeah. (sighs) Shayna? I don't know. Stop. It's the, you have to, like, The Bachelor and Bachelorette are trash. Like, I I mean, like, you guys are (laughs) lucky you have friends that, I've watched it from the start. I started watching with my mom, who was dragged into watching it. She was like, "This sucks. Let's watch it." And like, <laughs> this milk is kept... bad. Taste it. That that that's exactly it. And like, we would compete because I'd be like, "Predict your top four night one, after the first row ceremony before the season previews." And I'm like really good at that because I'll pick a villain. Like you know, you can get cues from like watching it enough. And I'm a nerd. Don't like, don't judge me. But my friends like will not watch this show. Um, my boyfriend watches night one. And that's a recent thing. And he, um, he'll make a list with me and take notes. And he, his notes are really funny because some of them, like, you know, like he'll comment if the guy's hot or say if he's, like, a huge asshole, like, night one. And then he picks it, too. But after that, like, we were watching the tell-all. He walked out. <laughs> he wouldn't even, I made popcorn. He wouldn't even walk back in the room. Like, last night before the Ranger game, I had it on. He went to a different room to watch the pregame. 
and like I wanted to turn it on during the intermissions. He was like, no. And then he, he was like, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go then. I was like, wait, he's not that bad. <laughs> so Shana, so, I, I'm hearing though that it sounds like you need to set up the too many men bachelor bachelorette fantasy league for the next season uh, i'll do it and like the whole point of watching at this point is to watch paradise which is oh my god that's the only part of this franchise that matters anymore it's in the summer it's actually fun and like that's the only one i care about and then i watch the bachelor and bachelorette just to see who's going to be on paradise at this point so like you have to watch paradise and get hooked yeah but what's going to happen on paradise this season with stagecoach being postponed oh yeah that's true what the hell is stagecoach it's like it's like a it's like a big music festival thing and last year uh the guy met all these girls at stagecoach and he like banged one one night and then yeah he fucked the other the other night and then they were both in paradise and it was a whole thing so it's a show everyone it's like a show it's like the bachelor except there's like 10 men 10 women or like there's an odd number it's it's unequal yeah yeah so one week the men have the roses They pick the women, vice versa, and they they bring in new ones, like two new ones each week. So it like, you, if you don't find someone, like you still have a chance each week. Like maybe one person didn't click with anyone, like they'll end up going home. I'm only yeah. watching this if Sarah watches this. Yeah, maybe I might be in. I'm so hard for me to watch TV, but I I'll watch it. Yeah. There we go. All right. Well, we'll have Dom back maybe to discuss maybe these other terrible trailing shows um but let's get back to hockey because my brain is melting yeah from the I, yep. <laughs> I, I feel like the peanuts when like um i'm charlie brown blah, 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 blah. <laughs> amazing okay so we have our favorite part these are our team superlatives for the week um dom do you want to do leafs players or do you want to sit this one out uh, I, I need to see how this works, okay. and then I'll, I'll get in there. Okay, so, we, so our, we've picked two. Like we said, we're, we're going through our list from all our awesome listeners, so keep submitting those. We're, we keep our list growing. Um, the first is most likely player on the team you cover to go into broadcasting. Sarah? Justin Williams. I mean, you he has made me such a better reporter because he is such a human being, and, like, you – ask him a question and then he if it's a cliche or something he's just kind of looks at you like are you serious and um he once you give him a good question though he'll give you the best answer ever and it's just more like a conversation i think he would if he's not into coaching though he's Mm -hmm. coaches his son and he likes to do that i don't know um one time i asked rod brindamore if he saw williams being in his um coaching group one day and he was like he has to understand that it's actually a job and take it seriously i was like okay i didn't, I didn't realize that would be implication that he wouldn't but maybe if he didn't want to do that then broadcasting he'd be superb at awesome shana um it's, it's tough on the rangers because there's a lot of kids and i think like it's a little bit too soon to know how they'll be you know for a lot of the rookies but um i would say ryan strom like already on msg they have they'll do segments with him breaking down tape and they've shown him his video. They've shown him video of his brothers, teammates. And, you know, there's definitely like a good number of hockey cliches in there and things like that. But he also has like a good feel for it. And he has like a good personality that I can a hundred percent see that being like a future path for him, especially if they have him keep up with it now. Like it's like practice. Cause it's something fans can enjoy right now too. Um, he would definitely fit into the role in the future. I would probably go with Nick Foligno. Cause I think he's pretty polished with 
how he talks about the game, but he also can be engaging and he gets kind of the marketing angle that you have to have um, on that side as well. Um, so I think, and also because the rest of the team is so young, <laughs> but probably Nick Felino from the Blue Jackets. Dom, do you want to pick one or do you want to pass? Uh, I will pick one only because I recently had to do a chart for Joshua Cloak. He's doing the player polls. For oh, the yeah, Leafs. yeah, yeah, yeah. So Josh, he told me what he wanted on this chart, and he gave me the exact data, unlike Sarah. So I was able <laughs> you know to what? do this Whatever. chart. It's a really nice chart. You can maybe see one one day on the Athletic Carolina if Sarah gets her shit together. I, but... I'm indefinitely down to get my shit together. <laughs> But uh, yeah, the answer was apparently Tyson Berry. That uh, was a surprising one to me because uh, I didn't, I didn't really see that coming. But apparently, he even voted for himself. Of course. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of the guys uh, said him because of his personality and whatnot. And I think it would be great to have a player who is actually like skillful and not, I guess, a grinder in media because a lot of the stuff we get here in Canada is uh, terrible. Well, it's like Mike Johnson, right? He's yeah. awesome because he exactly. has that type of background. Yeah, Johnson and Ferrero are the, are the best ones, and it's because they were good players. Awesome. Oh, makes me think. Nice. <laughs> All right, next superlative. Worst dressed. Sarah. I don't want anybody, not that anybody listens to my freaking podcast. I don't want anyone to get mad at me. Um, I... Honestly, Trip Tracy goes after Ryan Dezingle's hats, so I will. I think he's really well dressed. I think they're all really well dressed, and um, they're really into shoes. I think I should write a. Why don't I write a story about that? There's one of you many should. things that I could do that I haven't yet. But um, I think he his hats are he and Joel Edmondson's. I gave Joel Edmondson shit for his hat. I think they both have questionable top hats. Um, like I, I like where they're going. I like that they're trying. Um, it's, I just don't really like hats in general, so them. But I, I also said Joel was the best dress, so it's kind of live by the blade, die by the blade. <laughs> Who's the best dressed ranger, Shayna? Worst. Worst dressed. What worst. Worst. Um, I feel like it. It might be Brendan Smith. I feel like he, like he has his moments of looks looking like super put together. But he also has some, like, really questionable decisions in there. And, like, I feel like his style's kind of iffy. And uh, I-, I don't know if Strom has that, like, that great of style. But, like, I think it also is hard on the Rangers because, like, the bar is set very high by the ones who are well-dressed. Like, you know, Lundqvist is up there and Zibanejad and even Kreider looks very put together all the time that it's, you know. I, I don't want to, like, give too much shit to the kids, though, because it's like, you'll, you'll get there. You will definitely get yeah. there and find your way. It's but, a tough question. So, yeah, but Smith, he's a veteran. He should know better. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, now I do feel bad doing this. Um, right? I'm going to say reluctantly Oliver Bjorkstrand, but more so just because he doesn't really do anything like super out of the box. <clears throat> so points for just being to, to the template. I guess I feel terrible. God. Yeah, and I can't say anything. I wear this. I like wear the same three outfits to the rink totally. every day, like a cartoon character. We like, all do. It's just awful. saying. Yeah. <laughs> Dom, did, was this on the player poll too? Uh, it was on the player poll. They uh, they said Zach Hyman. Um, oh. I'm not sure myself because I'm not at the rink, so I'm not sure like how players do dress. Um, there is uh, a person at uh, 
one of the Leafs SB Nation blogs. Uh, her name's Annie, and she does a week, monthly uh, fashion recap. That's and cool. And it's honestly one, cool. of the, one of the better writing things for Leafs blogosphere that I see. Like, every month is just, like, critiquing, like, their outfits from the last month. And I feel like it's a lot of, uh, like, Matthews, Marner, Nylander, like, what they've done over the past month and whether, like, how they're progressing in their in their fashion sense because they do a lot of, like, out there stuff and sometimes it works and sometimes it just doesn't. Let's uh, So let's talk about the first time I met Dom at a rink. <laughs> oh no! Wait, so, I want to vote for Dom for best dressed, and we'll get to that story after you first. <laughs> Dom, we'll give you best dressed, but we okay. So I show up at the Toronto Arena. Dom is sitting there, no computer. And, <gasps> and what did you had? You had like you had two snacks. What were yep. they? Um, what do they serve there? Um, I think it was ice cream and uh, munchies. Like this is literally this is this is the lead analytics writer for the athletics has watching a game, like that's the experience. He watches games uh, like I, that. It's still so odd. Were you trying on. to prove that you watched the game? I Ooh. I actually don't think I was with uh, the athletic full time. That's correct. That you were not. I was uh, <laughs> freelancing at the hockey news, and they would have like a sign up sheet for all the leaf games for the month. So I'd go like I think that year I went to like thirteen of them and. I honestly like didn't have like any interest talking to the players because I didn't really care, <laughs> and like I just went there to watch and I guess learn and see the game from up top, but it wasn't really like anything I needed to take notes on or for any story, so I didn't bring a computer because I didn't think it was necessary. There's a picture out there somewhere. I'll have to find it and yeah. we'll, we'll post that. Okay, favorite section of the show: fuck, Mary kill. Dom will let you go first because you have to do this one. Okay. Here's the first one. Fuck Mary Kill, the following three teams in terms of their current and future outlook. Okay. okay. Bruins, Oilers, mm-hmm. Leafs. Okay. Um, uh, this, is a, this is a tough one. Um, I think I would fuck the Bruins because they have the best outlook right now and I want to do it before they're like they're out of their prime. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I think the Leafs have the better long-term future over the Oilers, so I'll, I'll marry them for their potential. And uh, the Oilers, I'm just going to kill because uh, they, have, they have some nice pieces, but there are a lot of, uh, a lot of rough spots, <laughs> a lot of red flags. Fair. Sarah? Okay, I'm going to kill the Oilers for their own good so that um, <laughs> McDavid and Dreisaitl can be sent to, I don't know what happens in this protocol, but I guess um, they can do an expansion draft of just those two and teams fight over them. So I'm going to kill the Oilers for them. You're welcome. I'm going to, uh, yeah, I'll fuck the Bruins for exactly where they are right now. They're, they have the cup them and um, the abs and I have the abs winning but now I, I think the Bruins are going to win. That was my before the season take. Um, I just think also they just seem to be like really savvy with the way that they can manage to make trades that work out except sometimes they don't but right now yes. But um, <laughs> And yeah I would marry the Leafs. They obviously have some things that they have to go through together or whatever but um, they definitely have the best outlook for the future with all the young talent unless they can't finagle their way out of cap space. So 
Sheena? I am going to kill the Bruins because, like, they're nice and shiny now, but they're going to be old and washed up very soon, and I don't really see much in their prospect pool that, like, I'd be excited about. I'm going to fuck the Oilers because they have McDavid and Dreisaitl, and they're fun, and, like, who wouldn't want that? That's fun. Like, for 3.2 seconds, enjoy it. Have fun with, you know, two good players and then never see him again because there is nothing else going on there. And then I'm going to marry the Leafs because, you know, like, they're, they they have a good prospect pool, so it's a good future outlook. You know, currently they have some things that you can iron out with the cap and they have a good team of nerds. Got to have a good team of nerds mm-hmm. right there and, you know, yes. got to support that. So, yeah, I'll marry them. Shana, but, um, can I? You're going to end up on a Bruins commercial. Two years ago, it was, um, oh, no. they, they were all, they made a commercial of all the young kids and all the Bruins media talking shit about how young they are. And they were like, we're not done. So that will be you. <laughs> That's hilarious. No. Okay. I, w- I was going to go different, but then, yeah, Shane of the nerds swayed me. So I have to marry the Leafs for sure. My girl, Judy Cohen out there killing it daily. Um, gosh, I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to fuck the Bruins and kill the Oilers because Oilers, man, it's just like you have to work to make this many like crazy decisions for this long with the elite talent and the number one picks you've had over time. So um, our other fuck, Mary kill, Dom, I'm going to make you go first again. This is mm-hmm. right in your wheelhouse. Okay. Here's fuck, Mary kill being sent home on the bachelor after hometowns after fantasy suites or in the finale oh that's tough i also want to before i get into this answer say that my girlfriend was listening to my last answer and looked at me in complete confusion over what kind of <laughs> podcast i'm on <laughs> uh, and that's probably not going to get better with this answer um <laughs> I mean, uh, I think I would kill after the finale because I don't want to be a runner-up. I think that's like you're nobody's second nobody. choice, Dom. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm <laughs> second choice. Exactly. Um, I think you gotta you gotta fuck the fantasy suites. Obviously, that's just <laughs> that's just right there. And then uh, you marry the, the hometowns. Cool. Shayna? Um, this is a tough one. Uh, I'm going to marry getting sent home after the fantasy suites because I feel like that's a good launching point that, like, you're not super heartbroken that you can become the bachelor bachelorette. You have a good chance. Like, if you're the runner-up, like, are you over them? Are you this? Are you that? It's like, you know, you have, like, that chance to go to the women's hall and, like, sit in the front and be like, sup missed out and be like super sleek and collected and then they'll be like hey you want to be the bachelorette so like marry that um i'm gonna oh god so i have to choose between the other two um i'm gonna kill after the hometowns because like i don't know i feel like that would suck it's like hey he met my family and like my family would fucking roast the hell out of me and be like, ha, you brought this idiot home and he sent you home because of us, you moron. I'd be like, yeah, that's definitely it. So get rid of that. And then I'll fuck being the runner up just because like you get that chance to tell him like off or act like I'm so much better without you like right after that, like you can like live in that moment. Sarah. 
I at first was going to kill after the hometowns because I don't want to meet anybody's family. But um, if you have to meet, I think my family deserves to be on TV. And I think they would just ruin the Bachelor franchise. Like none of it would be able to be on TV. So I think um, I would marry that because I would give them entertainment. And it, it would just be like walking into Goodwill Hunting. Like the <laughs> accents, the, um, the vulgarity, like that would not, that would be hilarious to be on The Bachelor where it's people from like, Alabama that were like priests like you know what I mean and my parents just like what's up asshole like so I think I will marry that I will uh, kill the finale because that would just be so awkward I think I'd be like nervously laughing the whole time like obviously I'm heartbroken but this is all on TV like that's so awkward I just could not handle that and I would fuck the fantasy suites for obviously obvious reasons and I'm not going on this show to not end up seeing what's going on in that situation you know I, mean? <laughs> I gotta at least check it out i would marry the fantasy suites because like you get the sweet trip right and yeah like like i could i could sustain that lifestyle that would be totally fine with me um i would kill the finale because yeah no like it's just obnoxious and like i said last night like the cliches coming out of these people's mouths during the like the voiceovers are worse than any hockey cliche I've ever heard in my entire life. Like, I was born to love him. My yeah, heart is terrible. now fully committed. Please <laughs> stop terrible. it. Stop it. Um, and I would. Um, so what's that? So I'd I'd fuck the hometowns because I think they'd be hilarious. All right, our final fun segment of the show is our top three, a topic near and dear to my heart. Top three power killers. And you can choose either in the league or on your team specifically that you cover. Shana, you want to go first? Okay. Um, I'm going to go with Blake Coleman. So fun. You know, he's aggressive. He's so good defensively. He's great influence on their, on a team's offense when they're shorthanded. Definitely top uh, power killer for me. Um, Mark Stone, you know, we all last year we're talking about how he should win the Selkie and his defensive play is a huge part of it and the offense he could bring to push play out of the zone you know he's a blast to watch and um the third one's tough uh I definitely like Casey Zizekas but I'm gonna be biased here and I'm gonna go with Mika Zibanejad who oh, we talked about we how yep so underappreciated <laughs> we talked about it last week look what happened this week good things happened because he's so good so right there my three Sarah okay that's like I'm pretty surprised that there's no talk of Sebastian Ajo. I think he's the best <laughs> penalty power killer specifically That's in the a good entire choice, NHL. Yeah. And you know what's, like, very – I've wrote about this before, but I want to do it again because I want to be, like, people, seriously, read it. Like, you don't get it. Um, he and Tavo Teralainen go out for the exact same time period every single time. And they just – it's like they make it a, a power play. And last night, Ajo got a um, – shorthanded goal off I mean it's not like they're moving mountains it was the Red Wings but it's like he got a shorthanded goal and he always gets a breakaway at least once per game on the PK and like they just it's something I've never seen the chemistry there like he Aho was saying last night he doesn't even have to talk to Terravine and he can just sense where he is Terravine senses where he is and they just kind of pressure it's like a full court press situation and they just make it happen every time and it's so much fun to watch uh, so them, and then I would say um, Mark Stone's the classic, I th and I love the way that the league is trending towards 
the idea of penalty killing in general, just kind of putting your best players out there and making it dangerous. Okay, I would go with uh, Cam Atkinson, who people haven't seen a lot of this year, but he's exquisite um, on the power kill. Um, I am actually going to go with Brad Marchand also. Um, because Boston is doing this new thing where they play for possession yeah, on the penalty kill, not just, like, shut down or score. Like, they actually play for possession. And then That's my, awesome. my third, I will go with Seth Jones. Dom, do you have three? Uh, I do. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, one answer from uh, Shane and Sarah each because I went to evolvinghockey.com and was sorted <laughs> by expected goals percentage. Oh, here we go. And, yep. uh, number four was Sebastian Ajo. Graph me up, baby. Number five was uh, Blake <laughs> Coleman. And number one was actually a Leaf, uh, Pierre Engvall. He's been really good since uh, being called up with on uh, on the penalty kill. Like he's using his rangy giraffe neck to go around and uh, disrupt the power plays and power kill his ass off. Awesome. Well, Dom, we're so happy, I think, that you joined us <laughs> this <Yeah>. episode. <laughs> Did you have fun, Dom? Uh, I, had a, I had a lot of fun. This is the most fun I've ever had on a podcast. That's not even, like, bullshit. Aw. Is it your very favorite podcast? It's the only one I've listened to in like a year, or so I think so. Wow, I if that isn't a ringing endorsement. I don't know what is, folks. Um, well, thank you, Dom, for coming. We do appreciate it. Um, Sarah, Shana, anything we need to say before we wrap? We did it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you so much as always for listening, Dom. Thank you for joining us. Um, keep sending in those superlatives, those fuck Mary kill nominations we're keeping track we're working through them and we will talk to you next week take care